God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Ciao. Ciao. This is Sarah Jakes Roberts, and you are listening to Woman Evolve. What's up, y'all? It has been one long week, but an incredible week because we had our very first podcast. And um, I'm really excited about the feedback and everything that we're hearing from people who have been tuning in. So I just want to thank you for giving me another shot at uh, being your host. I am being joined right now with my Facebook Live audience. So if this is your first time listening, you may not know the drill. But basically, I am co-hosting with people all over the world via Facebook Live. So throughout today's show, you can expect to hear me talk with people like Sonia Hill or Amelia Williams or people who I hope aren't at work while I'm shouting them out because that could be problematic. (laughs) There's someone tuning in from Hawaii. But basically, I just want to get people's insight and their take on some of the current events and things that have been happening in the world. So let's see, before we get into our different segments, I just want to catch you up on where I am and what's up with me. I am in beautiful Denver, Colorado, and it is a whopping 10 degrees, ladies and gentlemen, 10 whole degrees. And it feels like it. Come on, somebody. But I am excited. I got up. I worked out this morning. I go to Orange Theory, and I burn like over 500 calories. It was amazing. I am still low-key vegan, the lowest of keys. Like, I don't know how low-key vegan you can be, but that would be me. I have been enjoying the fast that we have been on as a church family. It's been really powerful. And on Sunday, I got to spend time with my Los Angeles family, and it was incredible, totally impactful, and also part of the reason why my voice is a little bit raspy. So you all bear with me. Augusta, Georgia is tuning in. Allison is my co-host for today, and Mary Sanders from Atlanta. What's up with you all? What have you all been up to, and how is your week going? Are you eating right? Are you slipping out here? Are you eating fried foods and living your best life? Do you have a perm on your attitude? Mm. Have you relaxed? That's a word. I'm not trying to start it this early, but it was a word. Do you have a perm on your attitude or are you letting people out here get on your nerves? That is the question that we want to know. Wow, Delilah from Tijuana, Mexico is tuning in. If you're listening on the podcast and one day your schedule allows, on Tuesday afternoon, you guys have got to tune in and just be on Facebook Live with me. Be one of my co-hosts. If you're watching for the first time, you may not be totally familiar with the segments of the show, so I want to explain some of the things that you can expect. Our first segment, which I hear is going to be a lot of people's favorite, is Rescue Eve. So here's the thing. Uh, Before I nominate people for Rescue Eve, I want to explain to you the goal and intention of Rescue Eve. When I started Rescue Eve or came up with the idea 
of doing this segment, I felt like throughout <laughs> social media and on the news, I often hear of people who have done something that we don't totally agree with. And honestly, sometimes, as you may know, social media can be very harsh and very judgmental. So I thought, you know what, Rescue Eve is going to be this opportunity where we take someone who is being dragged in culture, okay, and we're going to take a moment and just try and see things from another perspective. We're going to give them an opportunity to, to maybe have some empathy. Last week, I, I, I didn't do that great because a lot of the people who were being dragged in culture, I like totally agreed with. I tried, I tried to help H&M, but I don't know where we landed with that. I think ultimately my explanation for a reason that could have possibly had them end up in their situation is that H&M may have not had a lot of diversity on staff and therefore didn't realize that the coolest monkey in the jungle hoodie was probably not ideal. So that was my way of trying to make them rescue Eve. Eve, like the biblical character in the Bible, is just someone who makes a mistake, a mistake that they should have known better, but obviously didn't know better. And so this was my way of trying to to show a little bit of grace. H&M was canceled, so I wasn't able to do that. And while I was looking for this week, I have a few people that I would like to submit for consideration. I, I, I'm not saying that I am totally feeling like they you know, can be justified, but I at least want to submit for your consideration a few Eves who have been dragged in culture all week long, okay? So Facebook Live, are you with me? I've got South Texas in the building where it is 36 degrees. Christina, I am sorry. It's warmer than we have here, but 36 degrees is no joke at all. Okay, so let's start. Rescue Eve. <laughs> so the, uh, Facebook Live is tuning in with some ideas. I didn't know that some of these people, I don't know if I've done a great job with the Rescue Eve people because they are submitting some people for consideration that I wasn't able to, to fully get with. My first Rescue Eve that I would like to submit for consideration, are you waiting? Brace yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, be open-minded. Allow your hearts to be open. Remember times when you made decisions that you ultimately wish that you could have redone because in the moment you, you knew better, okay? That's my preface. I would like to nominate for this week's Rescue Eve, Rachel Dolezal. Hmm? Hmm? I, I can feel it right now. Somebody's shaking their head on the other end. Does, okay, hear me out. Here's the thing. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but after the whole H&M struggle, okay, when we canceled H&M for making the hoodies, Rachel Dolezal, I, I think with the best of intentions, tr created a hoodie so that her sons would have an alternative to the coolest monkey in the jungle. And that alternative was a hoodie that said coolest prince in the hood. Okay, hear me out. Here's the thing. Okay, so I know that when you heard hood, it probably made you cringe a little bit. I'm with you. It made me cringe a little bit as well. Um, uh, okay, just so you all know, on the podcast, I am being canceled, okay? Caprice has canceled me. Taisha has canceled me. The Saints are saying that I am not going to be able to nominate Rachel Dolezal. Can y'all please just, okay, here. 
here's the thing. She ended up fixing it. Okay, Caprice says she's an opportunist in the worst way. I understand. I'm saying, but Caprice, our goal here is to try and, and to empathize and to, and to show a little bit of grace. Now, Christy Chatham, she's brought up an interesting point, okay? Christy said, why is she even chiming in on African-American issues? Now, Rachel Dolezal does have African-American sons, so it stands to reason that these culturally insensitive moments in the news hit close to home for her. Here's my thing. I think that maybe we should decide as a delegation, can, can we can we come together as a delegation? And, and to instead just like have um, an opportunity to just allow Rachel to be educated. You know, ultimately after she got finished being dragged, she changed the idea of the hoodie. And so she ended up coming up with a a different hoodie that I think was a little bit more uh, sensitive. But I think that what we should do, let's help. Let's help her, y'all, because it can't feel good to constantly be being dragged when it comes to African-American issues. But obviously, she has some type of um, connection, I guess, with with the culture. And she sees areas where we can improve uh, racial, racial, uh, come on, saints, help me. <laughs> I'm trying to help. See, this is what happens when you rescue Eve. You, you have to come up with things. You have to stretch your mind. Come on, somebody. So she's obviously got this tie to, to racial insensitivity. What can we do to help her? Here are my thoughts. Maybe she should run ideas by us. Can anybody, can anybody just can anybody just try to be the person that she runs ideas? I will, I would be her friend. I would help her. If she slid into my DMs and was like, this is what I'm thinking, this is an idea that I have, then I think that I can help her avoid things like this in the future. Kara said the second hoodie was too late. I know, child. I know, but she tried. I know. Lisa said, but why did he have to be from the hood? I know, child. I know. We're not talking about where she messed up. We're talking about how she how she can imp- improve and, and do better next time. I think that she needs a friend. She, I think that she needs somebody who she can run these ideas about, uh, uh, that she can run these ideas by. You know, sometimes you just get caught up and you just be out there. So one of us are going to have to decide to be her friend. The way my schedule is set up, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to be very consistent with my friendship. But I feel like if we all pull together, that we can help her because you know, every time she does something wrong, she ends up on social media and people are are dragging her and that can't feel good. I just want to hear from my Facebook audience. Tiffany says she should have an African-American on staff to give her the go. Every company should do that. Tiffany, that's what I'm saying. If we can make her rescue Eve, these are some ideas that we can come up with to try and help her avoid situations like this in the future. You know, like, don't run it by us. Have you ever had somebody run an idea by you after it was already, you know, put out there and you know in your mind that there are areas that could, you know, help make the idea better, but they ask for your opinion too late? Rachel, we don't want that to be your testimony. We want to help you get things together before you put them out there. Not all of us are going to drag you. Listen, if she would have sent it to me, I'm I'm nice, child, okay? I'm nice. If she would have asked me, I would say, girl, child, 
child. When, when you say child, it makes everybody feel loved. I just said, child, here's the thing. We have tried to cancel you already, you know, and, and we want to avoid being canceled again. As a matter of fact, we want to be reinstated. And so instead, I think that we should open up a discussion about what we can do that will be helpful before putting the money into these hoodies. See, just like that, we could have helped her. Come on, y'all. Rescue Eve. 2018. Dorian said we should totally educate her and let her know how insensitive she comes across because she may not know, like, honestly, truly. And, and maybe after we educate her, she may not care. But I think the first thing we should do is like, girl, I see what you tried to do there. We just not ready. It's too soon for us. OK, yeah. So that was my first choice for Rescue Eve. I think that there are enough people on Facebook who have decided that we can find a way to rescue her, okay? Somebody said that if I say that we should be her friend, that they'll follow my lead. Um, but they told me to clear my schedule. Not going to be able to do it. Sorry. <laughs> I would love to clear my schedule, but the way it's set up, shout, I got too many kids. We're going to have to split this one up. It's a thousand of you watching on Facebook Live. I'm going to need all of us to come together and help rescue her, okay? All right now. Okay, so that was my first. Lisa Ward says she gets what I mean. She tried, but she should be educated for sure. I'm just saying, like, maybe instead of just dragging her and talking bad about her, there's an opportunity for us to say, you know what? You tried it, and and it wasn't, you know, the best that it could be. It wasn't the best that it could be, but that's okay. Because when we fail, it's an opportunity for us to be more successful next time. I know y'all caught that word, Okay. All right, so that was Rachel Dolezal. I have another one, and I don't care what anybody says. This is my Eve. This is my rescue Eve. Okay, I know I was stretching with the Rachel Dolezal, but that's what you have me here for. I'm, I'm stretching your mind, and I'm trying to make you embrace new things. But, but this one right here, I don't care what anybody says. If anybody on Facebook Live or listening to the podcast comes and hit me, hits me up later and says, you know what, I couldn't roll with you on that one, I'm going to be okay. Because for me, I'm rescuing Kurt. Listen, SOS, I'm, get, I'm getting in the boat to help her because my girl is out here winning. Who am I? talking about I am glad you asked I am talking about the genius woman the woman who is is just should be commended for a lifetime the lady who took her Christmas tree back to Costco because it was dead has anyone has anyone been made aware of this story listen okay there was a lady who I, I guess, got a Christmas tree from Costco. And she got her Christmas tree from Costco. And when that thing died, because Costco has such a generous return policy, she took it back. And Costco gave her her money back. Honestly? Honestly? How was she being dragged? I read an article that said, is this woman who successfully returned a dead Christmas tree to Costco a terrible person or a genius? Obviously, she's a genius. Obviously, 
Obviously, she's a genius. How is this even up for debate? She took a dead Christmas tree back to Costco and got her money back. I can't hardly get my money back for anything when I go anywhere. If I don't have my receipt, I always got to fight and act a whole fool. But this beautiful creature, this strong Nubian, I don't know if she's Nubian, Nubian, European, I don't know who she is, but can we just have a round of applause? for her, huh? No, I thought it was beautiful. I did. I couldn't believe it. I'm trying to figure out what my Facebook audience thinks. They said that uh, they thought that it was petty. Is it petty to return a dead Christmas? Okay. All right. All right. You got me. All right. You got me. It It is petty. Okay. It, it is petty to, to return a dead Christmas tree, but can we at least all come together and say that it was brilliant? Kimiko said that Costco takes cooked turkeys back. Who takes advantage of Costco? Is that? I don't know, child. Okay, maybe I'm petty. Maybe I need to be rescued, Eve, because I just thought, wow, how in the world did you even come up with that idea? It would never dawn on me that once my Christmas tree died to take it back to Costco. Does anyone know anybody who is this brilliant? I don't know. I want to learn from her. Alexandria is with me. She says she is a genius. You have not because you ask not. Yes, Alexandria, put the word in on this thing. You have not because you ask not. I don't understand it. I mean, like, I probably wouldn't do it because it's a lot of work to actually load up a dead Christmas tree and and vacuum in my car out. It's already got fruit snacks and Cheerios. I don't need no dead Christmas tree in there as well, adding to what is the catastrophe of my vehicle. But I don't think we should call her a terrible person. That's a stretch. Terrible? Luana said, Petty is if she didn't get the money back. You're right. Because can you imagine? (laughs) Just go with me for a moment. Can you imagine having the idea to take your dead Christmas tree back to Costco, taking it to Costco, and Costco telling you, no, that's probably why I wouldn't have done it. Now, now we're going deeper with this thing, because I may have had the idea to take it back, but I would have thought, surely not. And and maybe that's a a lesson on faith. Hmm? Does anyone want to call that a word or no? Okay. All right. I guess it wasn't a word. I don't care what anyone says, you know, she's my rescue Eve. And I think that we should all come together and just help people to not drag her any longer because she's not a terrible person. She is a genius. She tried it. Now, she may have ruined it for the rest of us, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and give her a slide anytime I have to go through a struggle of returning things because I'm like, somewhere, somehow, this woman was able to do it. And if she can do it, I can too. I'm inspired. Did you hear that? Did anyone else hear it? If that woman can do it, I can do it too. The next time Amazon tries me and makes me fill out a thousand forms before I can get my thing returned, I'm going to say, Mm-mm, don't you give up now. Because at some point in life, a woman took a whole tree. I feel it. Uh, she took a whole tree dead uh, and tied it on up and resurrected her receipt. Does anyone else? Is it just me? It's just me. All right. That's fine. I can I can go all by myself. Mm, 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 mm. Come on. Donna Grant said, I believe it. Faith, we can learn from her. It is a lesson on faith. Now, it might 
also be petty. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. There's a possibility that it could also be petty. But I do think that that it is kind of a lesson on faith. All right now. Okay, so that was my rescue eve. It's not up for debate. I have some honorable mentions that I'm not sure if you guys are going to agree with, but that's okay because we're learning and growing with one another and we don't all have to agree in order for Eves to be rescued. It just takes two or three of us to rescue one Eve. Um, I saw Tommy Laren trying to support 21 Savage and his music career. I, I think that we can all collectively come together and rescue her and just say, girl, you know, if you enjoy 21 Savage's music, who is an African-American rapper, maybe you can also just enjoy more of the African-American experience when it comes to, you know, social and criminal injustices that we experience from time to time. I think that her listening to 21 Savage is a start. It's somewhere for us to start and say, all right, if you like our music, let's talk about ways that we can enhance this experience by actually uh, allowing you to meet people whose names you may not know, but who are also affected greatly and deeply by some of the struggles and topics that are covered within that film and how we can ultimately eradicate those things. I know y'all not riding for me on that one. I'm not even going to read the Facebook Live comments because y'all like to drag me. I'm going to be Rescue Eve next week. <laughs> Takesha said, Tommy, no, sat down somewhere. I tried. It's all right. I tried. Jamie said, Tommy is staying in the boat. Okay. All right. Evidently, she's been canceled. I tried. We got to all just be excited that I tried, you know? Um, Tommy Lane is a former Fox correspondent who is, um, you know, often accused of living in a bubble because she is not always aware or in belief about some of the real social inequalities that exist within the African-American community. So I'm not going to lie, I was quite shocked to see her even listening to, to the music that she was listening to, but I thought that it was a start and that maybe we could rescue her from being dragged because, of course, when we heard her listening to rap music, we wanted to cancel her. But I thought before we cancel, let's just consider this an opportunity to, to start. Thank you. Jewel Griffin says she's riding with me on this one. I'm saying this to start. Sometimes people appreciate African-American culture, but aren't always aware of the, the struggles that exist within the African-American community. They call these culture vultures or, or culture appropriation. And there is merit to that because a lot of times you can be in tune with the African-American culture, but not in tune with the reality of the African-American experience. So I was really shocked that she was even listening to, you know, the music, but I thought maybe this is a start. And maybe this is an opportunity though, for people with platforms and voices to not just use it to make music that people want to dance to, of course, there's a place for that, but to also use it to make the kind of music that educates the listeners, you know, because some people may not ever actually, you know, meet people who have been affected by the African-American inequalities within this country, but they can listen to a song or they can watch a television show or listen to a podcast that makes them more open-minded. So I thought that we could maybe rescue her. Diana says, Tommy needs women of color in her life. Yes, her and Rachel. But the question is, who's nominated? 
who on the Facebook Live or listening to the podcast is going to be nominated? That's what I want to know. Okay, so nah, if you don't want, yeah, if you don't want me kneeling, then don't listen to me once. All right, they told me, all right, I tried. But I think we all, I, I had enough agreement over the Costco lady that I'm going to take my win and keep it pushing. So I realized that when I explained Hail Mary for last week, that I didn't draw the connection between Eve and Mary. I know most of you are Bible scholars, and so you didn't need me to do it. But our next segment is called Hail Mary. And Hail Mary for me is an opportunity for us to highlight someone who's doing something positive within the community or in culture and media that should inspire us all to live our best life. The reason why I have Rescue Eve and Hail Mary is because I believe there is a connection between Eve and Mary that we cannot ignore. Eve and Mary, for in my studies, are the two women who have had the closest relationship with God ever. Obviously, Eve was in the garden and had a relationship with God as she was living in the garden and ultimately ended up making the mistake. But God's grace saw a way for her to to still exist, and she did not die immediately. So God rescued Eve, right? So that was the whole Rescue Eve thing. Hail Mary is obviously Mary, the mother of Jesus, who had a divine connection with God and ultimately went on to be an incredible, incredible figure in the Bible, especially for women and how we have to answer God's call and allow our faith to be stretched in spite of what people may think of us, even if that means he ends up messing up our plans or the plans that we thought were going to be good for our life because he has an even better plan. So Hail Mary is just an opportunity to acknowledge someone who is doing a great thing in the world. So I have a few Hail Marys that I would like to nominate. I've already been dragged for some of my Rescue Eves, but I believe that the Hail Marys are ones that we can all come together and just agree that that is pretty phenomenal. So my Hail Mary is the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms is the mayor of Atlanta. She was recently elected, and she is an African-American woman, which obviously I felt is just phenomenal. Anytime I see an African-American woman who is just making, you know, incredible strides, whether that's in business, government, entertainment, I'm just moved because it's not often that I see people who look like me in positions of power. So Keisha Lance Bottoms is my Hail Mary for this week. I see some people are saying Tasha Cobbs for her Good Morning America performance, which obviously, man, talk about taking the gospel, talk about taking Jesus, talk about taking faith and inspiration and putting it on the mainstream. Tasha Cobbs is definitely honorable mention in this category. I think that there was something about Keisha Lance bottom story that I thought was just incredible and something for us to all just take a minute and and consider how phenomenal it is that she has put together a team for her term as the mayor of Atlanta that I think we can all agree is just completely phenomenal. Her team does not just include, you know, legal minds like a lot of teams include or previous people who have been in government like a lot of people include in their team. And though there's nothing wrong with that, I felt like her team has this 
latitude and longitude of people who've had different experiences in Atlanta. And so I'm just going to tell you her team is Ron Clark from the Ron Clark Academy, which if you haven't seen him, you've got to Google the Ron Clark Academy. It is phenomenal. And what they're doing in the community is really just preparing the future minds of our generation to be incredible. Raphael Warnock from the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church and the CEO and chairman of UPS and the CEO of Delta Airlines. And in addition to which I know all of my people who are righteous and slightly ratchet are also going to appreciate T.I. and Killer Mike. I don't know about Killer Mike. I don't know if he's actually a killer, so I'm not going to dance with that one. I don't know anything. But what I do know is that T.I. is Atlanta. He is ATL until the day he goes on. Do you hear me? No one has repped ATL the way T.I. has. And so I thought that that was pretty awesome that she took a chance in including these rappers in these key positions because here's the truth. A lot of the things that led them to, you know, things that they talk about openly within their music, selling drugs, violence, et cetera, et cetera, still exists within Atlanta communities. And so to have them, even though they've become successful, to have them as a part of her team to help her navigate and dream of a better Atlanta, I thought was just really smart. I know that it's controversial, but how can you make an informed decision about how to move a whole city forward, a whole city, not just the suburbs, not just the economy, but how do we get into the trenches with people who feel hopeless, with people who feel like their only way out is to become a drug dealer or an athlete? How do we get in the trenches and reach them and inspire them and to help them build healthy relationships with law enforcement unless we have someone who has been there helping us to make those decisions? And so I thought that that was pretty, pretty smart. Jessica said, Killer Mike is not just a rapper, but an activist. So I'm not familiar with him. I didn't want to speak to that, but I hear that he's very educated. Chelsea Watson said that he's a very educated man. And I felt like her her team just shows a lot of diversity. And as we, you know, talk about people who are in key leadership positions, specifically in government, and how they don't always have voices that represent the people who they have been called to lead, I felt like Keisha Lance Bottoms is certainly avoiding that common trap. So she is my Hail Mary for this week. My other Hail Mary is Ava DuVernay, who won Entertainer of the Year last night at the NAACP Awards. Uh, at minimum, she's got to be honorable mention. And, you know, I, she's got an incredible body of work that obviously is beautifully, you know, directed and created and the cinematography is just gorgeous. But that's not necessarily why I made her Hail Mary. I made Ava Hail Mary because of her speech. And can I just say, while watching the NAACP Awards, especially on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and especially given just the incredibly divisive climate of our government, that I just had newfound appreciation for the NAACP. And, and not to say that I've lost the, uh, you know, respect for NAACP, but I feel like it just continued to be magnified and expanded as I was watching the award show because it's not off, like I watched the Golden Globes and of course, you know, Oprah won the Cecil B. 
Google it. Amen. Google will tell you exactly which award she won. But there wasn't a lot of diversity on stage, especially people of color. And so you have NAACP putting on this award show that was done with excellence, that was a beautiful representation of the art that exists within the African-American culture. And so I just sat back and I watched in awe as I saw people who may not honestly, may not be recognized again or, you know, this year for their craft or in their field, being celebrated and recognized by people who say, you know what, if nobody else got you, we got you. So I love that. But back to Ava, her speech, <laughs> she took her time with her speech to not just thank the people who had helped her create her own projects, but she took a moment and she acknowledged other people who were putting their work out. She mentioned Scandal and Grace and How to Get Away with Murder, created by Shonda Rhimes, an incredible African-American woman, Kenya Barris and, and Misha Green and uh, Gina Prince-Bythewood and Lee Daniels and just so many people who have representation of art in the culture. And ultimately, this is the part that really got me. She said, we can say we were here when all this gorgeous art was happening and that we supported it, that we lifted each other up and that we did as Dr. King said we would do. We live the dream. We are the dream. I thought that that was beautiful. I thought to just take her moment and to not just receive the light, but to shine a light on everyone else's craft and art was incredible. Lee Thomas says she has to go. I love you, girl. Holler. We'll talk later. Uh, but I've still got my audience tuning in about Ava DuVernay being our Hail Mary for this week. And it sounds like there are a lot of people who have a lot of love for Ava. I see Miska's got the hand up emoji and Glenetta, who agrees with me and thought that that was an exceptional speech. So those are my Hail Marys for this week. Before moving on to our slide in the DMs portion of the show, I also want to have a moment to just acknowledge a Hail Joseph. <laughs> now, Hail Joseph is when we just want to take a minute and acknowledge a man. Of course, there are a lot of women who are listening to the podcast, but we have some fellows who listen to and fellows who are obviously making incredible strides in in their fields and, and with their crafts. And so I did not want to move on from this segment without taking a moment and acknowledging Swizz Beats. For those of you familiar, Swizz Beats is a rapper and a producer. He recently made the news because he posted a picture of him in a hospital gown and on in a hospital bed. And the reason why I wanted to make him hail Joseph is because I believe that he has a very important message about why he was in the hospital bed that we can all benefit from. His caption read on this picture, before he passed, and he's talking about a gentleman by the name of Jay Icepick Jackson, who ended up dying from cancer. He said before he passed that he urged that we all spread the word about how important our health is. As men, we always think we're invincible. If that was the case, a great man and many other great men would still be on this earth. Today, I did a colonoscopy, which many men refuse to do until it's too late. 
he's got the caption goes on and it's very informative and inspiring. But the reason why I wanted to make him hail Joseph and just so you know, everything came out fine with him in his colonoscopy, but he just used that as an opportunity to let men know that it was okay to take care of yourself. And I think that, you know, of course we've got a lot of different voices who who speak to men, but I just thought, you know, for someone to use his influence to take a minute and say, listen, your health is important. You know, men in colonoscopies aren't always a subject that they like to go into, but to have him be brave enough to post a picture of him after or before the procedure <laughs> and saying, you know, it only took two days for the entire process and that ultimately that he came out okay, but that he was taking his health seriously. We need people of influence to use their influence to point people in the right direction. And so I just thought that it was admirable that he took a moment to encourage other men to take care of their health. And uh, Diane said, men are hard to get to the doctor's office. You are so, so right. Okay, it takes a minute. <laughs> Exodus told me um, before I started, she was like, you're going to have to persuade me about Swiss Beat. But I was able to persuade her with that. Whew, I'm glad because I've been failing with some of my other folks on today. No, I do. I, I think that it was awesome that he showed vulnerability and honesty and just his journey and process of taking care of his health. So that was Swizby. I thought that was dope. And he is my last hail Joseph slash Mary for today. So I thought that that was a good topic for us to cover. The next segment of our podcast is a mentorship moment slash sliding in the DMs. If you listened last week, then you know that I did not have a mentorship moment, but after receiving feedback, by the way, if you're listening and you have feedback for me, I would love for you guys to send me feedback on how you think we can make the podcast even greater and, and more entertaining and helpful and hopefully educational for those who are listening but uh, I received a DM from someone who said, I'm sure you get a lot of DMs from people who ask you to be their mentors. And I know that there's no way that you can mentor all of us. So I thought that it would be nice for you to have a mentorship moment on the podcast. And that was an idea that I instantly saved. And so we're going to have a mentorship moment. Somebody sent me a question on Instagram that I felt fit perfectly into this mentorship moment idea. And that question is, hi, Sarah. I'm so inspired by your ministries. I have one question. Have you always been a great communicator or did you have to practice? I have such a hard time articulating my thoughts and speaking clearly, and you do such a great job. What's the secret? So first of all, I want to say thank you because I do not always feel very articulate, and um, that can be challenging for me. As a matter of fact, it's part of the reason why I wasn't sure that I even felt qualified to be a speaker. Like, I don't know the biggest words, and I'm not sure that my sentences always make a lot of sense. But what I knew for sure is that for some reason, whenever I open my mouth, people's lives were touched and, and changed and transformed. So to answer your question, I don't always feel like a great communicator. See, that was, see, there you have it right there. <laughs> I don't always feel like a great communicator, but 
What I do think that I've had that has been an asset to me is that I grew up in a household of communicators. So my grandmother was a teacher. My father's obviously a speaker. My mother's a speaker. And so communication is something that is just, you know, a constant within my home growing up. I married a communicator. My children are communicator. I think it has less to do with practicing and more to do with exposure. And because I have been exposed to communicators within my family, I believe that it probably comes a little bit more organically to me than it may come to other people. So as a mentor, I would suggest if you don't necessarily have access to people who you feel are great communicators, to not be afraid to watch YouTube videos or to listen to podcasts, to really uh, watch people as they communicate. I was always concerned that because I wasn't like, I've grown in my speaking as a preacher or, or speaker I don't know what, am I a preacher? Have we, can we vote on that? I have not always felt like I had a delivery that was similar to what I grew up watching or being exposed to. And so I started watching YouTube videos of just completely different communicators from all over the world, just to get an idea. I think one, to ease my nerves so that I realized like, you can do you your way. Okay, like you don't have to do it the way everyone else does it. You don't have to to be Joyce Meyer. You don't have to be Jackie McCullough. You don't have to be T.D. Jakes. You don't have to be Sarita Jakes. You can be Sarah Jakes Roberts. Ultimately, what made anyone you admire great is not that they decided to conform to this idea of what other people thought they should be, but that they decided that they would stand flat-footed in the authentic nature of who they are and allow that to shine and, and to spring forth. And so anytime you see me speaking and you're like, man, you know, she's so good at that, know that I didn't feel like it was natural to me. I didn't feel like I was qualified to do it. But what I did feel like is that I was going to be authentic. I was going to be myself. I was going to be funny and I'm going to be studying and I'm going to show myself and anyone who who blesses me with their attention and their time that I, when I grabbed the microphone that I took it seriously. And so I think preparation is key. I think authenticity is necessary. And I think ultimately that you need experience. Don't be afraid to talk to yourself. Well, yeah, I know that You'd be all right, child. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Practice at home. Look yourself in the mirror and get used to hearing your voice. I feel like that's for somebody. I don't know if you're listening or if you're on Facebook Live, but I feel like you need to get... It's probably me. <laughs> when you think a word is for someone else, but it's but it ends up being for you, you've got to get used to hearing your voice. Listen, when I first started speaking, I was not a fan of the sound of my voice. It's high-pitched. It's scratchy. Like It just didn't feel like the kind of voice that should be heard on a microphone. But you know what I had to do? I had to get used to the sound of my voice because my message was more important than my insecurities. Your purpose is more powerful than your insecurities. So don't give your insecurities the power to kill your purpose. That's where a lot of us mess up. Are we? A lot of us mess up when we allow our insecurities to have more of a spotlight than our purpose. But when you decide that my insecurities are going to be my audience and I am going to walk full-fledged confidently in the power of who God has called me to be, then I believe that we become 
accustomed and adjusted and confident that everything that flows from that space is going to be anointed. There's going to be a grace on it. And ultimately, God is going to take our seed and turn it into harvest. So, yeah, that is my my speech to you and my mentorship moment, my mentorship moment for this week's podcast. If you have more questions or or things that you would like my insight and perspective on, don't be afraid to slide into the girls' DMs. I do get a lot of them, so I, I may not be able to answer everyone that comes in, but if you send me a question that you just want to hear my thoughts and opinions on, I would love to answer them on the podcast. Don't be afraid to slide in the DMs, all right? Jamie was feeling that. And Jamie said, that's a word. Don't let your insecurities kill your purpose. Shout. Where is the shout music? I'm going to have to have somebody add that in post. <laughs> my message is more important than my insecurities. That's what Natasha Kelly is chiming in saying. It is a word. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. If your insecurities can kill your seed, then it kills your harvest. And you don't know what that harvest is. That harvest could be someone coming off of the brink of suicide. That harvest could be businesses. That harvest could be books. So I started off blogging. I'm going to move to the next question in a minute. But I started off blogging, and I liked blogging because I didn't have to use my voice. And then people started inviting me to speak. And so I wasn't necessarily comfortable with speaking, but there was something in me down on the inside of me that felt like, you know what, you better take this opportunity that God is blessing you with and bring your best foot forward. And so obviously, as you may know, like it continued to grow and evolve, and I've become... I don't want to say more comfortable with speaking because I still get really nervous and and shaky, but I have to, okay, I'm going to tell you this story real quick (laughs) and then I'm going to move on to the next question. But on Saturday, I was really, really um, just nervous about the message on Sunday. And so I prayed and I went to bed and I felt like I had like a good word from the Lord. And then Sunday morning, I woke up and I'm like, what? My mind was drawing a blank. I'm like, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? You know, does this even make sense? Is anyone going to get it? And I started like having anxiety about the three services that I would be speaking in LA. And this message was unleashed. And so I'm just, you know, putting my makeup on and walking around the house, getting ready, but on the inside, having this conversation. And all of a sudden, I just heard God say, you don't have to do it without me. It's a word. It's not my word for the day, but it is a word, okay? There was this peace and this stillness that came over me in that moment where I realized that I was questioning my ability as if I was the one who called me, as if I was the one who chose me, as if I was the one who had created this opportunity, as if I was going to have to get up there by myself. But because I am living a surrendered life, it's a word and it's getting good to me. It's a word. I live a surrendered life, which means, Lord, not your will, not my will, but your will be done. And so God hears my voice, hears my here are my thoughts. Here, are, Here's my time of studying and prayer and worship. Just take control. Just 
just do with it whatever you choose to do all three services and i <laughs> i sat back and watched him do it but he used my body and he used my hand and he used my voice to get it done but i promise you sarah jakes roberts was sitting back because if sarah jakes roberts would have had to say she would have said oh no don't say that oh girl don't get that happy oh girl sit back but instead i let god take control so maybe that's a word for you too before i move on to my next question is you don't have to do it alone. If God is calling you to be a communicator, if God is calling you to be a teacher, if God is calling you to be a wife, if God is calling you to do anything at all, then you don't have to do it alone. The only time you have to worry about doing something alone is when you're doing something within your own will or something that is your own plan. But when you decide that you're not doing it by yourself, that I'm doing it with the best partner there ever was, the best teammate there could ever be, then I can't fail. I can't lose. Now I may have to learn. I may have to grow. I may have to study. I may have to put the time in. But when he unleashes my hand, you better go watch that video, child. When he unleashes my hand, miracles will happen. I'll be able to make a way out of no way, not because I'm so great, not because I'm so talented, but because I am partnered with the one who is undefeated. Amen. They're going in on Facebook Live, Chad. I got me a good amen corner. <laughs> Justine Earl said, yes, thank you, Lord. That message was awesome. Unleash was really Powerful. It's like an out-of-body experience. I didn't, I know it wasn't me. It was nothing but the grace of God knowing that someone needed to hear whatever was happening in that moment. So that's beautiful. Okay, I'm moving on to my next question because we are almost out of time and I definitely don't want to take your attention for granted. My next question I received on Instagram in my comment section, and it says, I've recently had to separate myself from my ex and a very close friend because I was mentally, financially, physically, and in a sense, spiritually drained from giving my all to someone who truly didn't have my best interests at heart. My battle is, you say to let them go, and I've done that, but I do say hi and bye. It's no longer text or call me all the time. I do this because I believe if I truly cut them off, I give them power and I block my blessings, if that makes sense. Any advice or something in your word that I can reference to help me? First of all, I just want to apologize because separation is never easy, even though it is necessary. And so wherever you're listening from, I'm sorry that you've had to go through the process of taking back your emotions and your heart and your mind and obviously your investment of time. Uh, I'm not sorry you're taking your finances back because that you throw it into a 401k, girl, and you're going to be blessed. But I do understand how difficult it can be to take back your spirit and your time and emotions from someone who you've invested a lot into. Having said that, without all of the details, it's difficult to fully say 
whether or not you can continue to have any interaction with them. But I can say that I think a lot of us fall victim to this idea of when a relationship is over, we don't want to seem bitter, like we don't want to talk to that other person. So we end up leaving a door cracked, not because we necessarily want to get back with them. We just don't want them to think that we are so upset about it being over that we can't function in the realm of friendship. Um, I want to bind that spirit via podcast. There are some relationships that when they're over, even if it's not forever, you need a minute to collect yourself. You need a minute to have uh, an opportunity to heal. And it's difficult to heal when that person is is still around. It's kind of like picking a scab. I'm not saying that it has to be over forever and you can never be friends because there are plenty examples even in last week's podcast, of people who are able to function after separation. But what I am saying is that if you sense that for some reason you need to take a minute to yourself, then I think that you have the right and the strength and the opportunity to do that without feeling guilty. And I would also question the idea that cutting them off is going to block your blessing. Unless you were dating Jesus, I would not fear that cutting someone off is going to block my blessing. Now, that doesn't mean that you cut them off and cuss them out at the same time. There is a way to release someone into their destiny that doesn't require you to change your character or to lose your integrity. But I do think that... um, you have to come to a place of peace where you realize that I'm not up. Uh, I got a word. It's a download. You staying connected with them because you think that it otherwise may block, it may block your blessing. It's almost like using them. It's almost like using them in this way. Like, I'm not going to let you go because I don't want to ruin any blessings. And I just want to encourage you, my sister friend, no matter where you're listening Uh, from is that when God opens a door, no man can close it. And when he closes a door, no man can open it. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that if God has brought you to a point where he has told you, you know, these relationships aren't healthy for you, they're draining, you say, well, I'm going to crack a door. Is it really because you think that it's going to block your blessing? Or is it because you fear that that they're going to be so upset about being cut off that, that it changes the way that you can function? I would really question that and to take a deeper look. No man has the power to take away what God has for you. And if God has ordained for you to be blessed, I don't see him saying, but you have to make sure that you keep your ex within reach in order for you to maintain my blessing. And if he did that, that's even if the ex or the ex-friend planted that in your mind. For me, that's even more reason to distance yourself because you don't want anyone thinking or making you believe that if you're not connected to them, then you're not going to be blessed. Now, there are people who you can be connected to who are a blessing to you because you are connected to them, but I wouldn't get into the habit of thinking that I have to stay connected to certain people to be blessed. I need to know what Facebook Live is saying about this. Kimiko says, forgiveness doesn't mean you have to stay open to them. And Anya says, some doors we have to close shut. Yeah. T.T. Smith said, every time God sends a message through you, it touches me. Oh, hey, girl. Thank you. No, I honestly, truly, <laughs> honestly, truly, I, I don't think that um, staying connected to someone who drains you mentally, financially, physically, and spiritually is um, going to help you bring more blessing into your life. 
My husband has this saying that the longer you keep the wrong people in your life, uh, the longer you have from having the right people in those positions. I think that you should go on a fast from those relationships and to really see how you grow spiritually and mentally and emotionally as you have a minute to take time away and heal. But I promise you, man, people, child, child, people come in your life and whether through difficult situations like this or through the organic nature of life and growing apart and they leave. But I promise you that the one from whom your blessings flow, he sits high and he looks low and he would not put you in a position where you know that someone is draining you physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and then tell you, you have to stay connected to them in order to be blessed. I would really question that, take that idea to prayer and see uh, what God begins to lay in your spirit. But just from the few words that you shared, once again, I don't have details. My first thoughts are to, to say that you should definitely close the door and take some time to heal. Yeah, Jamie said that it sounds codependent. I totally agree. That's a lot of, and listen, honey, codependency is real. You know, I know we sell people on a lot of relations on a lot of, you know, relationships and love and and spending forever together. But I'm telling you, spending forever together is a lot more difficult when you're in codependency and not in love. So yeah, I would certainly take a minute and step away from that if possible. Alrighty, child. Those were my questions for today. My DM slides, we had a mentorship moment and we also had a question from a girl who's wondering, does she need to stay connected with an ex-friend or an ex-boyfriend in order to maintain uh, her blessings? And honey, you can still be a good person and an authentic person without selling yourself short. I want to banish this idea of we can still be friends or we have, I'm not going to say we can still be friends because you can still be friends, but I want to banish this idea of we have to maintain friendship with every ex, otherwise we bitter. No, the devil is a liar. If you have become my ex, maybe we weren't healthy for each other in any capacity. Maybe we were just healthier, just healthier as friends and that's a possibility, but there is also another very strong possibility and that is that we were not good for one another. And in order for us to grow and bloom and become who God has called us to be, we need to be separated. Amen. Amen again. All right. Okay. So I actually do have one more question and I would love to hear your feedback if you're listening on Facebook Live or if you're uh, listening on the podcast and would like to leave us a comment. This comment is from someone whose name I will not say, but it says, Morning, sis. I loved your podcast. Hey, child. On replay for sure till the next one comes. It's coming, girl. Okay. She says, I do have a topic. I'm needing mentoring on. I feel as if I've outgrown my home church. I don't feel the spirit. I feel uninspired. And I'm not sure if I'm comparing to what I seek from you and Bishop Jake's which I've been tuning in live every week, or if I'm being selfish. I know I need a home church since I don't live near either one of y'all's church. And then she mentions what city she's from, which I don't want to put it out there because I don't know. 
if, you know, someone may be able to put two and two together. What I will say is this. It can be really interesting to be exposed to a lot of different voices of the gospel, people who are preachers and speakers. And when you listen to those different voices, it can be difficult if you are used to receiving it in one capacity or a capacity that deeply moves you to go back into a setting where you're not receiving on that level. What I will say are just a few things for you to consider. Um, You know, this is something that happens and people often, you know, make decisions about that and decide to maybe move on or to try different churches, which obviously, you know, you have the ability to do that. But I would challenge you to just take a minute and decide if your spiritual growth means that you have an opportunity to get more involved in your church and to begin to spread from the overflow of what you're receiving. Sometimes when we aren't feeling inspired sitting in the pews, it's because we're meant to kind of move on and to start serving the ultimate vision of the kingdom. And so another thing that I think is worth considering is learning to receive from everyone. You know, uh, my husband and I recently moved to Denver. And as a part of us moving to Denver, we get to experience church in a totally different way than we were used to at the Potter's House at 1LA and that I was used to from the Potter's House of Dallas. And so having these different experiences has taught me something really incredible about just church and spirituality. And that is that it's about me and not about the style. When it is about your ability to receive, you challenge your spirit to get something out of what is being presented or or preached or or saying in the congregation. Because when you become spiritually sharp and when you become spiritually sensitive and spiritually open, you're able to say, you know what, that may not be the way that my home pastor would have said it, but there was some truth in that that helped my situation. You know, that may not be exactly the way that I'm used to receiving it, but there was some truth in there that helped me. And so I just want to challenge you. There are so many great voices. I, I love my husband's preaching. I love my father's preaching. You know, we've got so many great friends who's preaching. We love John Gray, Stephen Furtick. There are so many voices that we think are just powerful and incredible for this generation, but I think listening to all of these different voices has taught us that there is an opportunity to receive differently from everyone. And so I'm sorry that you're experiencing that at your home church, and I just want to challenge you to, to take a moment and say, you know what, it may not have come in the package that I expected or the delivery that I would have liked, but there was something there for me, and get involved in the church. If you want to see the church, you know, possibly, uh, change or to not, I don't want to say change because change can often be a difficult word, but I think a difficult word, but I think if you want to see the church continue to grow and continue to impact lives, to not be afraid to get involved. Some people leave churches that they were called to help build and other people leave churches because that's not where God has them. I think that you have to decide which one of those are true for you and make a decision from that. 
that was actually my last question. And the podcast is coming to a close. But if you listened last week, you know that I don't just close out the podcast without having just a word, just a food for thought. It's a snack. It's not a full word. If you would like a full word, I encourage you to visit the Potter's House at 1LA podcast or the YouTube Denver page, Potter's House of Denver page, where you can hear from my husband and I and the messages that we preach this Sunday. But before we leave, there is a word that I would like to share with you as I was just praying and and asking God about this season that I'm in. He (laughs) reminded me of how much I have started asking for help. I used to be one of those people who were like, you know what? I am a strong, independent woman. I don't need nobody's help. I can do it by myself. And while that is true, just because you can do it by yourself doesn't mean that you can do it well by yourself. Just because you can do it by yourself doesn't mean that you're going to do it the best possible way by yourself. Don't be afraid to ask for help. When I started digging and just really trying to determine why is it that I had this just this idea that I couldn't ask for help. I think it came down to, honestly, that I didn't want to ask for help because I wanted to be the only person who got credit. I wanted to be able to say at the end of the day, I did it by myself. I didn't have to ask anyone for help. I didn't become needy. My fear of being needy is a word. It's growing. My my fear of becoming needy kept me from being excellent. Did you, did you hear that? It's a word. My fear of being needy kept me from being excellent. Because sure, you can do it by yourself. And sure, you're doing a good job. But what if your good can become better? What if your good can become great? What if your great can become excellent? And all it takes is for you to open up your mouth and ask someone who's been there in some capacity, another parent, another wife, a mentor, of course, someone who you can trust. How would you handle it? What would you do if you were in my position? Or can you help me? Can you come keep the kids? so that I can be a better wife? Can you help me out with dinner so that I can actually study for school? I don't know what the areas are in your life where you could benefit from saying, I need help. But I want to encourage you this week as you're listening to the podcast to not be afraid to become excellent by saying, I need help. It's something that I've had to work on. I didn't want people to think I was needy. I didn't want people to use it against me in the future that they helped me get somewhere. But you know what? Nobody gets anywhere on their own. And we all need a little help every now and then. And it doesn't make you any less capable. It doesn't mean that you aren't equipped. It doesn't mean that you aren't powerful. But there are times where we need to ask for help. Don't wait until you're about to spaz out or go into depression or end up in the hospital because of exhaustion to ask for help. You can ask for help right now. And it takes the little moments of asking for help along the way to ultimately make a big impact in your life long term. Tania says, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. My fear of being needy kept me from being excellent. So true. Even in school, I wasn't the one who would be like, oh, I need help with a problem. I just figured when I get by myself, I'll figure it out. But you know what that teaches you? It teaches you to do things on your own. 
And while that may be, you know, useful and certainly it builds independence and confidence in one's ability, it can also be very limiting in relationships because in relationships, in healthy relationships, you are linked to someone who wants to help you. Mm. I feel another word coming, child. When you are in a relationship with someone, they want to help build your dreams. They want to help build you up. They want the weight of life to be lighter because they are in your world. And if you rob them of the opportunity to help you, to assist you, to carry the load with you, then you are robbing your relationship of the power of partnership. Now, this is for healthy relationships. You can't get this in a toxic relationship. You can't get this in a relationship where someone's solely a taker. But when you are in a partnership with someone, then you have to be willing to open up your heart and open up your life and open up your work enough to say, I need your help. Saying that I need your help, it's not like you don't wait to say you need someone's help as a last resort. And I'm guilty. I'm preaching to myself, child. I ain't trying to get in your business. But what I'm saying is this. If you wait until the last resort, then that person will always feel like a last resort. But if you first take in their perspective from the beginning, then they have an investment into the ultimate fulfillment of whatever you're pursuing. And so my husband has taught me a lot about that. He asked for my opinion and my perspective, and I love it because it makes me feel useful. It makes me feel like I had input, and it makes submissions so much easier because you know that you're being heard and that your thoughts and opinions are being weighed before any decision ultimately takes place within your family. But I was challenged as a single mother to be as open to needing help and perspective as he has been with me. So that was my word for y'all. It was just a little snack. I hope that it helps you. And I hope that this week God creates an opportunity where you say, you know what, I got this on my own, but I don't have the full 360 perspective from this one position I'm standing in. But there is someone else in my life, there is someone else in my circle who can add another dimension until I have a full perspective before making a decision. That's it, child. I hope that blessed you guys and I hope that it marinates down in your so-and-so and produces change in your life. So before we end our podcast, I want to take a minute and pray because... That's who we are, and that's what we do. And I love this part of the podcast because a lot of people think, like, my prayers aren't eloquent or, you know, I don't know any prayers that are in the Bible. But for me, prayer is very simple. It's just sharing with God what's on my heart and asking Him to give me focus and vision and clarity. So, God, there are people listening to this podcast right now And as they're listening, there are things taking place in their life and in their heart that maybe they don't know how to deal with. But I am so grateful that we serve a God who makes a way out of no way and who knows our end from our beginning. I am praying that you will give each and every last person peace. We covered so many different people on this podcast and so many different issues. And God, I just ask that you would touch each and every last person that we even mention, that they would come to know you better in the fullness of your joy and your peace in their life. I thank you, God, for my listeners, for the growth that we are all experiencing as we continue to have encounters with you. Keep our hearts open, 
keep our faith strong, and keep our love pure, that we may become the change we want to see in the world. Amen. All right, child. That's it. That's episode two of Woman Evolve. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.